I don't think I've had as many notes about anything since we read The Shining last year. And that is nice. And I also don't think I've... I don't think I've screamed at a book so much. I mean, you were watching me read the book yesterday and wondering why I was screaming. And then you watched me read the book this morning and you knew why I was screaming, so... Amazing. It's absolutely incredible. So... Shall we get started? We shall. (laughs) Should we read the back? Oh, should we talk about what we're drinking? Oh, yeah. Oh, did I? Oh, I did. Here, I'll read the back of the book, and then you read the back of the bottle. How's that? So, the inside cover, not the back, of the Dead Girls Club (laughs) says, Red Lady, Red Lady, show us your face. In 1991, Heather Cole and her friends were members of the Dead Girls Club. Obsessed with the macabre, the girls exchanged stories about serial killers and imaginary monsters like the Red Lady, the spirit of a vengeful witch killed centuries before. Heather knew the stories were just laugh until her best friend Becca began insisting that the Red Lady was real and she could prove it. That belief got Becca killed. It's been nearly 30 years, but Heather has never told anyone what really happened that night. That Becca was right and the Red Lady was real. She's done her best to put that fateful summer, Becca, and the Red Lady behind her until a familiar necklace arrives in the mail, a necklace Heather hasn't seen since the night Becca died. The night Heather killed her. Now, someone else knows what she did, and they're determined to make Heather pay. They say time heals all wounds, but the Dead Girls Club will have you wondering if the ghosts of the past are really gone for good. And the back of the wine, to complement this book, states... Wait, what's the wine? (laughs) It is mysterious and hauntingly seductive phantom wine. It's a red blend. In the dark recesses of the cellar, you sense a presence, hear footsteps. Why is it these things only happen when you're alone? In the shadows, a glimpse of muddy boots and old blue jeans, the lurking legacies of hard work and determination left by those who have come before you. We are proud to carry on the traditions of our founders with this unique red wine. So we thought it sounded like the Red Lady. Yes. It's a red wine, and they're talking about ghosts. And, like, creepy shit. Yeah. Do we want a quick overview of the book? Or do you want to try the wine first? Oh, I should try the wine first. Let's try the wine. You're All so right, I'm taking thing. a sip. No, I'm sniffing. Ooh, it smells good. It smells dark. I believe you. Kind of like earthy. Perfect. <laughs> oh, it's Ooh, good. Oh, it's good. <laughs> oh, it's it's heavy. Mm-hmm. And it lingers. It does. It's a little bit bitter. Mm-hmm. I love it. Tastes like plums. This would be, go really, really good with, like, a thick-ass steak. 
Oh, now I want steak. Or like chocolate jubilee. Can we Uber eat some burgers? That would be wonderful. I would love to do that with you. Okay. Um, sorry. This is the third episode we've recorded in a row. In the last two, we were drinking tequila. tequila. So, we're starting off pretty toasty today. So, you're going to get the unfiltered jacket. You know, are we really filtered? You're never filtered. <laughs> you know, I was thinking today. I was, I was just like reminiscing on the last year of podcasting with you. And... I, I was thinking about the people who listen to this and what they must think. Because my parents are like, yup, that's our daughter. Dropping <laughs> the motherfucking F-bomb. And your parents are probably like, oh my goodness. My, my parents are like, do you really have to say that? <laughs> they probably think well, I'm terrible. Well, and to be fair, I don't, I don't say it that often. No, I do. You say it a lot. <laughs> well, I'm like, what do they think of me? <laughs> I stay in their home. They love you. They love you. Oh, even with my language, even the language that comes with me. Hey, they're not words they've never heard before. Okay. That's true. I. The, if it were up to my mom, we wouldn't say them and post them on the internet. And she might have a point there. She might have a point. But, listen, if I'm in a field where I can't say, stop your shit, I don't want to be in that field. <laughs> Luckily, I've chosen criminology, so I'm pretty safe. You're pretty safe. I feel like... Business is a little bit more wishy-washy. Which is why you, I think you do I'm a, a little, good job of telling I'm a little that fil- line. I'm a little more filtered than you are, I think. Right? Yeah. And that speaks to our character, or our personalities, because I'm, I'm impulsive, and I'll just say anything, I'm and a little, think later. I'm a little bit, like, restrained when it comes to speaking my opinions. I, like, don't just come out and scream them. I literally scream them. I know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're, we're waxing poetic here. Yeah, I think so. Should we sprinkle some dirt in this one? Really get in the... <laughs> <laughs> really get in the Really get in the spirit. I, I, so that's my tie-in to the book. We should have opened the bottle with a half-heart necklace. Oh my god. Wait, how would we have opened the bottle Shh. with this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't uh, question me! Where is it? I don't question you. It's in the. It's on the kitchen table. Oh, I don't, don't want to get up. Ooh, I'm not getting up. So the Dead Girls Club is a fairly new book. It came out in 2019, I believe. It came out in December. It so came like, out last month. Like, which is why I couldn't find it used anywhere and I had to purchase a brand new goddamn book. Yeah, but did you get it off Amazon? Because it's the cheapest on Amazon. No, I got it at Barnes & Noble because I had a gift card. Oh, okay. That I subsequently forgot and had to pay out of pocket. Oh my gosh. It was out of stock already, so I, I had know. to order it. I had to order mine too, and I was going to order it on BarnesandNoble.com because I'm a member and I get a discount, mm-hmm. but then I... Looked on Amazon and Amazon had a better deal and mm. it was free shipping and so better. I mean, Barnes and Noble members get free shipping, but like at least for the first time we had the same edition. We do. That's not the first time though. We've had that before. Oh, have we? Um, we did that with Lost Roses because that was also a really new book. Oh, and uh, Gods of Jade and Shadow. Ouch. Yeah. Are you okay? I think so. Something's pokey. Oh no. I'm getting poked. Oh, it might be ah! from the. What is this? Bag it's of sleep. From, it's probably from the ba- the fact that I was oh. crouching in the dirt. <laughs> I was gonna there's wine there let's not kick that over (laughs) so synopsis of the book um there are four one two four girls yes and when they're like 12-ish or 13 they like to tell ghost stories and murder stories they're like mini Chrissy and Jackie they're young murderinos yeah they're young like yes that's the exact term they're young murderinos and I literally have a note that's like I said oh my god are these girls us when we're young yes Exactly. 1,000%. It was wild. It was like, I was on page, um, page four. And I said, is this book about us? 
best think it is. Except I wouldn't kill you. I literally wrote, is Jackie going to kill me? <laughs> I wrote, is this book about us? Is Jackie going to kill me? Well, if I'm killing you, that means you're the crazy one who believes in the red fucking lady. Actually, by the end, I kind of thought it was going to be the alter- like opposite. I kind of thought you would have been the one to convince me that the red lady was real. Because I would have believed you. Yeah, no. That's the thing. Like, I would have 100% gone along with oh. it. So they tell ghost stories, and Becca, the... I guess instigator of all the ghost stories, the manipulative friend. I don't, she's not a bad person. She just is manipulative. She suffers from abuse, and that yeah. means that she lives her life in stories. Right. So she tells a story of the red lady, um, which is basically like we'll go. We can go into it, but a quick overview. Um, basically, the, the red lady is like the scary ghost, but she can help those who believe in her. And Becca comes to think that, or she asks this favor of the red lady. We, I assume, it has something to do with her mother, who is a, well. Not her real mom, but well, yeah. her mother, her, her mother who was abusing her. Yeah. Um. And part of the deal is that you have to sacrifice something, and then the red lady will help you. And the thing that Becca has to sacrifice is her life, with the promise that the red lady would bring her back. So she convinces her best friend Heather, um, who ends up growing up to be a child psychologist, which was a really good choice on the writer's part. Yeah. Um. And basically, Heather kills her because Becca asked her to, and she never comes back. Obviously, yeah, because Becca's, you stabbed her. Becca's like. The red lady is real and she's going to help me. It has to be you. You have to, like, you have to stab me right here with this knife. And, like, and then when I'm gone, you have to put dirt in my mouth. And then you have to leave. And then she will bring me back and it'll Mm -hmm. be okay. But, like, I have to die first Mm -hmm. for her to help me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and Heather's like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. (laughs) And Becca's like, I promise it's going to be okay. The red lady is going to, I'll be back. Like, it's really okay. And Heather's like, uh, no, no, no. And so Becca finally talks her into it, and Heather helps kill Becca, basically. And then, what, 20 years later, Heather starts getting little trinkets of her friend, like the old best friend necklace, like the half-heart necklace she gets in the mail. Did you ever have any of those? Of course I did. I did, too. (laughs) She gets in the mail Becca's part of the necklace, and Becca's ribbon she was wearing the the night she died, and then she starts getting threats, and Mm -hmm. so she's like, what the fuck? And she falls into this paranoid bitch ass she loses, loses her mind she loses her fucking she lo- mind. it was harder to read for me than the bell jar really yes oh my god because the bell jar was like honestly just kind of confusing and yes it's like a realistic view of like what it's like to descend into just like mm-hmm. depression but this one was very much like because you like heather so you much. want heather to like you root for heather you're like Heather doesn't start out crazy. No, Heather starts out like this really well-adjusted person with a husband who's amazing and like, and they've decided they don't want kids and like, she dealt with her childhood trauma in a way that was productive and helped society and then she just like, explodes? Like, over the cliff. Incredible. You could see it happening slowly and within 15 pages she's gone from well-adjusted to an absolute insane She's like, she's just completely gone and you're like, Heather, no! No! She potentially loses her marriage over it. Her, yeah. The relationship with her parents are strained. Although, but I they guess tell you reasons. on the per- on the third page. Like, not only do they tell you on the inside cover, but they tell you on the third page that Heather killed Becca, which I thought was interesting because that means that's I not wrote, the whole point. Yeah. Well, and I said I'm calling that maybe that's a fundamentally incorrect assumption. Like, I literally, faulty information. Literally, is like still alive. page. Let me bring it up. It's <laughs> like, um, those are your poems. <laughs> page five. I bet Becca isn't dead. Page page three is Becca right? still alive. 
I mean, we're like half, right? We're sort of, right. Um, oh, page 14, I have a quote that says, she wasn't the right kind of dead girl. And I just said, oof, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> I have a quote on page four. Okay. I refuse to believe dead girls can buy postage stamps. This is the first time she, or the half, Becca's half of the necklace is mailed to her anonymously. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I like that quote I just did. I think it's a cool quote. Um, page 52, I have another, my, is my next quote. Yes, I have one on 53. Okay. Quote, what if you had to eat a bug, what would you eat? And I want to know your answer. And I want, I want you to tell me why. A scorpion. Oh my fucking god, why? Because it's fucking badass. If I'm gonna eat a bug, I'm gonna eat something terrifying. Oh my Plus, god. people eat scorpions all the time. That doesn't mean I want to eat a scorpion. If I had to eat a bug, I want to be cool for it. I'd rather eat a spider than a scorpion. I would never eat a spider. Too many legs. Scorpion has the giant thing. Yeah, but like you don't eat that part. Oh, you don't? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they take the venom out of the scorpion before you eat it. I think it'd be really... Actually, maybe they don't. But I mean, like... So poisonous is if you eat it, you die. Right. Venomous Mm -hmm. is if it bites you, you die. Right. I think scorpions are venomous but not poisonous. So I could eat it and it'd be fine. You just crunch it. So you're sticking with scorpion? That's it's not what I, I was think expecting so. is all. I think I'm sticking with scorpion. Incredible. Okay. And the if whole I'm reason is because you want to be badass. If I'm gonna have to eat a bug, I want to eat a cool bug. So you could tell other people that you did it? Yeah. What if it was for sustainability and you were alone on an island? Crickets. Yeah. Uh, crickets. I think one of them says crickets. Crickets have a lot of protein. Yeah. Anyway. Go ahead. 53. 53. Um, I would want to go to Alaska to see the penguins. Bitch, ain't no penguins on the I screamed. I thought it was so funny. I was like, it's such a 12 year old girl thing to say. It is. It is. And then again, I have, um, eh, we'll come back. We'll come come back to that one. I have 59. 55. No, yeah. 55. How did you not write this one down? Is it about the vagina kiss? It's about the tampon. Read the tampon. Quote, it was gross when I took it out. It smelled like raw hamburger. I did. And first of all, fucking ew. And second of all, so accurate. Literally, okay, I didn't write the quote down, but I literally said, this is such a graphic but accurate description of what it's like to have your period at a young age and use tampons for the first time. And at first I was like, why the fuck are we listening to tampons? But it's because the whole blood theme. Yeah, I have a theory about the blood theme. We'll get there. excited to hear it. Um, okay, 59... Rachel said Ted Bundy was cute, which was gross because he was a killer and old enough to be our dad, but his eyes freaked me out. It just... True. It just... I feel like that really encapsulated, like, the Ted Bundy craze. Exactly. Like, the, he's And he is attractive. Like, he's objectively an attractive man. You can't tell me he's yeah, not. Yeah. Um, 61. Go ahead. It's like when you poop. <laughs> I don't exactly what I didn't write it down, but... It, oh... I was laughing so hard. That chapter was so full of stuff that was just, like, very preteen girl conversations. And I wouldn't have been... Okay, to be fair, I would not have been comfortable having those conversations when I was 12. I'll have them now. But, like, um, when she's talking about, like, um, Becca, it smells really bad. And Becca says, you'll get used to it in a few minutes. It's like when you poop. At first it stinks, and then you can't even smell it. I don't think I've ever had that conversation with anybody. Although she's not wrong. She's not wrong. That's what's funny about it. Um, and then I have 66. Go ahead. My next one's not till 131. Oh, okay. I have a couple. Wow. Okay. Um, 
she is real. I just thought that was... I wrote, she is real. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> and then I wrote, um, page 74, does it ever change how much of a woman's world is shaped by violence? That which we suffer, that which we suffer unto others. Yes. So that was a quote from... Who was the original person who said that? They quoted that from somebody. Um, I thought it was somebody else. I don't know. Hang on. Part of it is a quote from somebody, but part of it is, like, her. The second sentence... No, it's it's just Heather. She says, mm. I was thinking about when I was a kid how my friends and I would talk about serial killers and dead, dead girls, and I wave a hand. Does it ever change how much of a woman's world is shaped by violence? And then in her head, she says, that which we suffer, that which we suffer unto others. Big yikes. Big I two. just thought that was really poignant. And then um, the next one I have is from 75, and it says, is he an athlete, a swimmer, being groomed for the Olympics? Because if so, <laughs> he'll never be convicted. Bitch! Brock Turner, bitch! Yes, and I just wrote, ah! <laughs> and now they're quoting Margaret Atwood. I, right? Yeah! I love it. <laughs> two of our previous, um, two of our previous books were referenced in this book. The Shining and oh, um, yes. Handmaid's Tale. The Shining had a huge part in this book. Yeah, it did. I loved it. I thought that it was really good. Me, I, that me, I feel validated in their picking. I know. Like, two of the books we picked were quoted. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, okay, and then I have... I don't think I have any more quotes. Okay. I've I think got... I stopped doing quotes because I was so, like... I just I, have one it's... more major one. Okay. It's on page 131. Okay. It's from Cassidy, one of Heather's patients, mm. the child who mm-hmm. tells talks about princesses. Mm-hmm. Um, she's talking about monsters. She says, I still think she's going to eat them. Monsters can do that without taking you away. They eat you in here, as she touches her chest. And uh-huh. I was like, I'm like, what 11-year-old is this, like, well-read about the world of mental illness and internal struggles? I was, I love that I feel book. like she's not that, it's not that she's, like, well-read about mental struggles i think she's more like she is like becca in that she uses stories to escape her abuse and so she like dives into that whole like witches and monsters and all that and like she learns through those stories that like and through her abuse that like she's she's being tormented maybe not on the outside but on the inside i just didn't expect her to pick those exact words yeah it is a little bit of instead of like Instead of, like, I don't feel good on the inside, but I might, might make my outside happy. You know, like, yeah. shit like that. Yeah, that's fair. It is a little bit of an adult sentiment for, like, a child to say. Oh, I do have one more quote, but it's an LOL quote. Mm-hmm. It's on page 181. She said, I would never write in any book, let alone my favorite. And I put, what a fucking Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's me. I would never write in my I books. Know you I'm not a book writer at all. All right. Is that all of your... Uh... Those are all my quotes. Okay. Um, you want to just go through chronologically now? Chronologically sounds excellent. Okay. Did we, ever, did we ever finish talking about the wine? Yeah. Okay. Listen, it's red and it sounded creepy. And it's yummy. Done. Okay. Um, okay. Can we talk about the fact that she never tells her husband? Like, it takes her the entire book to tell her husband. It's Isn't it because, though, like, she, like, she stayed over and over and over again, you never break a promise, you never break a promise, and she promised Becca she would never tell. But, okay, but if she's a child psychologist, if she's a child, is she a child psychologist or a child psychiatrist? She's a psychologist. So she doesn't do the Meds. whole doctor med thing. Correct. Okay, but even so, if you're studying 
the psychology of what happens when you're a child and you're going through trauma, like, wouldn't she recognize that in herself? I literally have that written down, but not regarding not telling the promise. Well, because, like, if if she can see it in other kids, like, and understands that other kids, like, view promises as sacred, but maybe they're not really when it comes to, like, helping your friends, I feel like she should have recognized that in her own. And, like, she just keeps getting caught in, like, the whole... I've told too many lies to stop now. And it's like, no, just, you're going to feel so much better. Just tell it. Just tell someone. I would split that up into two things. Like, I have written here, um, uh, as a therapist, wouldn't you recognize obsessive habits in yourself? So I, I, I agree with you on the fact that she should, like, the fact that she's already told so many lies, why stop now? Like, that's bullshit. She should have seen that. She should have seen herself diving into paranoia. But I think not telling the promise, either one, stems from her truly thinking she shouldn't break a promise, or two, the more probable one, is that she knows deep inside the Red Lady is real and will hurt her if she tells the promise. Because Becca said, oh, if here's you a tell... Question. Yeah. Do you think the Red Lady is real? I had that question. <laughs> uh, we can talk about it. Okay. I don't know. I, like... I also kind of want to talk about the fact that, like, her friends and her husband, like, as much as they, like, he says he tried to be patient, he says he tried to, like, help her and all that, but, like, I don't really feel like he did. Really? I mean, like, I do, but also, like, I feel like he gave up very easily. Like, at the end when she was trying to explain what was happening, he wouldn't even sit there and listen to her. Maybe he did give up earlier, but he also gave her, like, 15 million chances, and she was just... She even ex- she even was like, don't know why I picked a fight, but I did. Well, come on now. Yeah. She's like, I'm tired of fighting. It's like, okay, that's your own fault. That's your... Yeah. But- I wrote time and time and again, just fucking... Like, all of her problems can be fixed if she just, like, talks. Yes. But she doesn't want to talk because she doesn't want to tell Becca secrets. But she doesn't need to tell... She can just be like, I am going through something. Like, she doesn't even admit that she's going through something. She no. pretends everything's fine. Right. And she should have been like, I'm going through something. I appreciate your support. Yeah. I'll let you know when I'm good, kind of thing. Yeah. Instead of just being like, pretending. And pretending to file divorce? Honey. I, oh my honey. God. I literally, I went page 103. I said, hi, Heather, you're going to <laughs> fucking throw your life away over this. Don't go to the divorce lawyer. Good God. Don't I put, do it. I put, no, you stupid bitch. That's how you lose Ryan. He's obviously going to find out. I give it 100 pages. Yeah. No, it's like. Uh, and she she goes to the divorce lawyer only because thirty years. There's from now, no point to that part of the story. There and especially because Rachel was like, I'm not. Nope, not doing it. Yeah, no, Rachel's ma'am. Like, I don't want any part of this. Like, so she goes to the divorce. She goes to the divorce lawyer because it's one of the friends from their pack, and she's just like trying to dig up information to see who is tormenting her with all of these dead girl gifts. If they know something, and the only way to get in front of one of the girls who's named Rachel is to pretend to file for divorce because she's a divorce lawyer. Here's and my question: I though. can't fucking deal with it. She's not a divorce lawyer. She's a family lawyer, and family lawyers don't just do divorce. They also do adoptions. They also do name changes. Like they do. A lot more than divorce. I didn't know that, so I can't speak to that. So, like, she shouldn't have... There were other ways to do it. There's not the one way. Yeah. Such and as... Hello, Rachel. How are you? Yeah. In an email. Yeah. Friend her on Facebook. There are just, like, so many things you could have done and didn't. But, you I know, can't. I don't want to victim I was so mad. I was... That was one of the things that pissed me the most. That pissed me off the most with her. Yeah. That was so... It was like, you, un- you can't just throw your... Like... You want to throw your professional life in jeopardy? Sure. You want to throw your own life in jeopardy? 
Sure. Not somebody else's. Don't do somebody else's. Yeah. Like, don't... That's not cool. Um, I have paid... I have notes on both 108 and 125 that, um, I'm suspicious of both her husband and her mom and that both of them are acting weird and something's gonna go down with both of them. I wrote on page 110 that I knew her mother I said I bet her mom knows that she killed Becca I said maybe her mom knows on 125 yeah Yeah. didn't didn't pick up anything on Ryan I thought he was being normal I just thought I said something's making me suspicious of her husband something's gonna go down there and I guess it turns out the suspicion was him talking to Nicole and worried about her safety yeah um so um can we talk about the blood theme yeah I'd love to hear your theory so I have this is a very loose theory, and it's probably not right, but I have this, like, loose theory that the Red Lady is a metaphor for womanhood. Okay. Because every time she shows up, the girls get pains in their bellies, and they get their periods, and there's blood, and it's like, there's a trail of blood that's kind of like when you're young and you don't really know how to deal with it and that sort of thing. Um, it just seems, it seemed like it was, it matched up, and so they're like, they're afraid of her, but they're excited about it, and it seems like this, like, really I, transitional period. I, I see support for that. The only thing I could think, though, is that this, she said specifically she knows where to stab Becca because of the pain in their side, and that's where you should stab. But maybe that is even further metaphor for a womanhood. But, so the thing is that it's, like, it's more like, I thought it was Heather gets the pain in her side, and, but that one time all of the girls got, were, their, like, period. got their periods at the same time, they were all, like... I, I didn't see it as their side. I would be interested to do some research on that theory. Uh, yeah, so there's like a movie called um, Ginger Snaps, mm-hmm. which is a horror film, um, a Canadian horror film, and basically it's about two sisters, and um, there's the older of the two gets attacked by a werewolf, and she becomes a werewolf over the cor- over the course of the movie, but the whole movie is considered a feminist horror film because it's considered a metaphor for womanhood, and so like the uh, transition from girl into um monster basically is like every time she gets her period is when she turns into a um werewolf and then like the werewolf is fully realized at the end and it kills her you know childhood girlness or whatever i don't know it's been a while since i've seen the movie but i learned about it in one of my um, honors classes in undergrad and that's kind of where i got the idea where it's kind of like these girls at this pivotal moment in life where they're like, they're just getting boobs and they just got their periods and like, so they're just, they're afraid of womanhood. They're afraid of what that means. And maybe Becca, especially because she sees what her mom is like and Becca wants to kind of preserve that childhood and maybe the red lady can help her or be, you know, I don't know. I just thought it was. Yes. So I'm trying to think of other than just being a like straight up horror. My only other thing is like okay, so they, she describes the red lady as like pale, dark eyes, red hair. Yeah. Okay, look at the picture of the author. Is it a self portrait? Question mark. Oh. Interesting. I just thought there were a lot of coincidences. If so. That's interesting. So maybe this so was maybe written as a maybe she's trying self. to help them. Yeah. That's super interesting, maybe too. Maybe she's saying, like, stay a kid. Die as a kid. Adulting sucks. <laughs> I like your theory better, but that one was mine. That's a that's a good theory, too. Um, it's like the gory version of Neverland. <laughs> yeah. 
I have notes about how preteen girls can be the worst. Oh, let's fucking Just talk the about absolute it. worst. And yet it was portrayed so accurately. Like, it was. The pettiness and the jealousy and yet like and the like, true friendship. Maybe we the shouldn't like Heather either. Like maybe we shouldn't like that her. Was or problem. or she's sitting on the swing and they walk by yep. and just completely ignore, ignore her. her. Like I I feel like every woman has an experience like that. Even without like even if you weren't into the serial killers, even if the fights weren't about the same things that these girls fought about, but, like, I feel like every girl went through some point. It For me, it was, like, I really wanted to be friends with this group of girls, and um, I thought I was friends with them. I sat with them at lunch, and, like, I talked to them a lot, but they started having sleepovers without me, and then they'd talk about them on Monday mornings, and, like, right in front of me and and didn't invite me to their birthday parties and invited everybody else but me and it's it's one of those things where it's like okay I guess these are not my friends you know if I had experienced that I had no idea yeah Yeah. maybe maybe it was just me like projecting my own I mean no that clearly is very parallel I'm trying to think of it's just such a formative time yeah everything is terrible you're not wrong there yeah everything's fucking terrible so, I just thought it was, I mean, did you have any thoughts on that? Like, on how... Um, I guess, if anything, I just wanted to yell at them to be a fucking adult, but that's the whole point, is that they're not. Yeah. And you can't fix everything with open communication, because, like, that's harder, harder set, or easier said... Oh, my God. Yep. Easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Talking is hard. <laughs> and, um, but, no, I just was like, yep, these are 12-year-old girls this makes sense. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. was it was just very accurate. She did a very good job of capturing what it's like to be a 12-year-old girl, which I really appreciated because I feel like there's a lot of, like, movies and books about coming-of-age stories for young boys. Like, thinking about the movie Stand By Me, have you ever seen that movie? That's another one. Um, do you know who Will Wheaton is? Have you ever seen the um, Star Trek The Next Generation? Ah! <laughs> nope, to all, right, all of them. I'm trying to find something. Um, so What's his name? Will Wheaton, W-I-L-W-H-E-A-T-O-N. Um, so he... I've never seen this person before in my entire life. I really like him. He's really cool. I think you would like him, um, even just as, like, an online personality. Um, so, Stand By Me is about, is a movie about young boys at this age. Actually, this book kind of reminds me of it. But they go on this trip during the summer to see a dead body. They, like, Ooh. they find out that there's a dead body by the train tracks down by the river, and they're like, we have to go see this dead body. And it's kind of like a rite of passage kind of thing, and that kid plays, like, one of the main characters. Um, and they don't really stay friends afterwards, um, but it's it's that summer that marks the end of childhood and the beginning of, like, preteen slash adulthood. And, um... I thought this was, I think you get a lot of that for men, especially, like, if you consider, um, even, like, Stephen King's It, how there's, like, I was one just girl thinking that. in that. Yeah. And, um, and actually there's, I have another reference to that in my notes somewhere, but there's, it's, like, a bunch of boys, and it's this, this rite of passage thing, and I, I liked that this one was about girls. I thought that was cool. I also like that if if you do get coming of age stories for women, they're written by men and they're very wrong. Yes, and this was like correct, very accurate, and I loved it. Good I job. I saw a lot of myself in all of the characters, like little little pieces yeah. of myself combined. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I met my movement goal by sitting here drinking wine. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. 
I have a lot of notes where I'm just like, oof, I'm stressed. Yeah, I don't have any, like, specific things other than, like, okay, I have a, okay, I don't know what this is in reference to. On page 202, all I wrote was, I'm sorry, what? So let me go read that. <laughs> oh, this is the one where Lauren Thomas is dead, but she gets an email from Lauren Thomas? <laughs> so I guess we're there. We're there. So, um, so Heather has this theory that the person who is sending her, this person who is sending her all of these threats or all things from Becca's dead body is Becca's mother because Becca's mother went to jail for Becca's death because there was obvious abuse. She was then in the early in the book she is released from jail and she has a job at a hotel. So Heather spends a lot of the book like tailing her, doing research on her, getting in contact with her. Eventually they're sending emails back and forth about meeting up. Well Lauren Thomas, the mother of Becca, ends up dead. But then like that same night that Lauren Thomas is dead Heather receives an email from the same email she's been coinciding with who is supposed to be Lauren Thomas. So either Lauren Thomas, the dead person, is not really Lauren Thomas, or she's not really Becca's mother. Or she's not dead. Or she's not dead. And the option was, well, I don't want to jump ahead. Um, if you, you have something on 206. I just had, who's, whose responsibility do you think it was to get help for Becca? When she was young. Well, I where, think... Where do you think the fault lies? Because... Not a single person. Because it's it's like... You can tell that there was abuse. Like, like um, Heather knows that there's abuse. Heather's mom has an inkling that there's abuse going on. But nobody says anything. I would say, as an adult, it's Heather's mother's fault for not calling about her inkling. I don't care if it's rude. I don't care if you're wrong. It's better to be safe. Yeah. I think as a child, I can't fault Becca for not, but I can't imagine myself being told that of somebody I love and being like, okay, I accept this. Yeah. I'll just cross my fingers. It doesn't, like, I'm a problem solver. I don't do well with listening to emotions. I find solutions. Yeah. So I can't imagine myself being like, okay, bye. No, I'm going to fucking figure this shit out. Yeah. But she's a child, so there's only so much you can really find fault in. Yeah. So if I had to pick a certain person, it would be Heather's mother. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because my note on 206 says Becca needs help. Someone needs to get her out of that house. She's like Cassidy, making up stories to help herself cope with the abuse she's enduring. Yes. And, like, it's very obvious to the reader that she needs help, but, like, I I just wondered. That's a good question. An opinion on that, yeah. My opinion, if I'm forced to give one, is Heather's mother. Yeah. I agree. I'm in agreement. Okay. Um, <sighs> 222 is when she finally realizes that she's not okay. Yes. Which I was like, ah, oh, finally! finally! Um, I, I called on 227 that Becca was going to ask the red lady to kill her mom. Which I don't think is she exactly never, what she asked. She never explicitly said. I think she just wanted to be saved from her mom. And I guess, well, now here's an interesting question, then. <laughs> Her wish was granted, no? It was. I know. Well, that's the thing. It was like, I think she, she, or maybe she wanted to ruin her mom's life, and she did that. That's true. Hmm. I have to believe it's the former, though, to be safe from her mom. That sounds more likely. But she talks about, like, have you ever thought about killing someone? Have you ever thought about, like, hurting someone? I think that just means retaliation for her mom, not herself. I know, but oh. that's what—that's why I'm saying I think she might have said, like, 
I want you to kill my mom. Oh, gotcha. Instead of save me for my mom, it's yeah. kill my mom. Yeah. Mm, like a life for a life. Yeah. Or like help me kill my mom. Help me, you know. And maybe metaphorically, with Becca dead, her mom then died and could no longer like live the same way. Her mom was murdered. Yeah, that's the, true. Well, the woman who we, raised her was yeah. murdered. <laughs> so that brings us to our next point on yes. 265. Um, hang on. The only other thing I want to say, that's not true. I have a lot of notes before 265. We'll just say that Lauren Thomas is not Becca's mom. We'll get there. We'll get there. Which was a twist I didn't fucking see coming. Is that why you squealed? That's why, that was my biggest squeal. That's the one where I said, I need a minute. Okay. So the first one was the first one when you saw Becca across the street. Yep. I literally wrote, okay, um, I said, this must be where Jackie screamed. Is it her? Is it actually, um... I know, I thought she was maybe hallucinating, but then they talked, and I was like, oh my god, it is! Yeah. I was like, oh. Um, I have a note on 231 that her death was prearranged, and I'm sad. Yes. Um, she fucking killed her with seven R's, and then Solomon laughed at how many R's I had. I have two notes about knowing that Heather is in the wrong, but, like, wanting people to cut her a little bit of slack. Because she's a child? Or because of... Oh, wait. No, like, when she's an adult. Oh, like, okay. So when Heather showed up at Gia's house, and, like, that guy was like, why are you here? Fuck that guy! I literally was like, I was like, I know Heather's in the wrong, but I want this guy to fuck yeah. off. And then later on, when Ryan is talking to her, and I'm like, again, Heather's in the wrong, but like, after he finds the note from the divorce lawyer. Oh, and his bags are packed. And I'm like, Heather's in the wrong, but also, can you just, like, hear her out, like, a little bit? Like, a, like, you know, sit just, down. like, sit for a minute. Yeah. Like, I agree. Um, so I have those two notes. I have a note about her cutting her hair off. That was such a moment. A moment with a capital that was, M. That was her releasing herself from Becca. Yes. Because Becca loved to play with her Becca hair. Loved Becca loved that hair. Becca controlled her hair. And it, but that was, I wrote, she cut her hair off. Isn't that like a sign of a guilty conscience or something? Like when Beverly does it in It, it's mm-hmm. because she's rejecting the femininity that like her dad. Right. She's escaping her dad. Right. Because her dad is molesting her. Yes. Which is never explicitly said, but like. It's Are you very still my clear. little girl? Like, yeah. um, no, no, I ain't. I'm cutting my hair yeah, off. Yeah, because then, then he goes like, I love your hair. And she's like, bitch, it's gone. Yeah, exactly. And, and Becca always loved Heather's hair. And Becca is finally dead. And they, and the cops come to talk to Heather to see if Heather knows anything. And Heather's like, no, I don't know anything. And then she goes and cuts all her hair off. Like, how is that not a sign to people that something's wrong there? It might, maybe it was wrong, but it was a fact because her friend was missing not mm. because like no one expects a 12 year old girl to kill a kid side note to the fucking slender men killings yes that was in here well well i actually i i put on page 118 i was like this reminds me of the slender man killings and then on page 220 they were like remember the slender man killings i was like that's what i fucking said <laughs> did you ever watch the documentary on that i did not you know the premise of it um sort of yes tell okay, me more okay so two girls basically believed so Slenderman y'all know Slenderman there's a whole game on it it's like this eight foot tall guy who has really long legs and no face and he commands you to do things yeah really spark notes it but these two girls ended up believing in him so much that he was real that Slenderman told them they would he would kill their whole family if they didn't kill their third friend so they planned it for months they had three different plans on how to kill her they finally stabbed her like 17 times in the woods Mm-hmm. And she survived. There's a 2020 episode on Hulu I highly suggest watching. It's a two-hour special. And they're, I think they have to spend the rest of their lives in a psychiatric hospital. Or they have to be reassessed when they're 25 or something. But this really reminded me of it. Because there's this 
otherworldly third-party creature having control over a, a girl child, and it's ultimately to harm another girl child. Yeah. The, the parallel was huge. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. But they alluded it to it, so uh, it wasn't a great revelation. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm fucking smart as hell. And they were like, oh, well. I'm so fucking smart. God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um... Okay, I have a note. My next note is on 265. Same. All caps. What? Who the fuck? That's Mine it. is. Sorry. What the fuck? Hello? <laughs> That's it. So, should we talk about this one? We should talk about this. So, who is Sarah, Jackie? Tell me. So, Sarah is Becca's actual mother. And who is Sarah? Lauren Thomas, who we thought was Becca's mother, is her motherfucking aunt. So Sarah had Becca when she was 14 and was like, hi, I can't handle motherhood because who fucking can? At 14, nonetheless. So Lauren Thomas watched over her until Sarah got herself together because Sarah was an addict. Well, Sarah never got her fucking shit together and Lauren was just her mother five ever. And Sarah ended up killing Lauren. Although she claims it was an accident, I do believe her. You claim that, you believe (coughs) that it was an accident? Yeah, I do. Because what, what, would, what, what, what would be the motive? Becca's already dead. The only reason she wants uh, Heather dead is because Heather actually killed Becca and she knows it. I think I agree with that. I think... And honestly, I don't even think she wants Heather dead. I think she wants to know what she did so she can take money from Heather. How? I think she wants money so that she can do whatever she wants. Like, just the type of person that she is played out yeah. to be. I think that's the intent. Is How that, does like, Sarah know that Heather did it? Sarah, I think it says that, doesn't it? If it did, I didn't write it down. It says, it says something like, um, um, Ryan's gone, um. So while she's looking this up, Sarah basically is the person who has been sending Heather all of this, all of Becca's shit, and it was just to see if she really was guilty, and when Heather got these dead things, dead things, the things from Becca... She freaked out, implying her guilt. That happens a lot on cop shows, which Sarah talks about. So Sarah knew she had done something. Maybe that's what it was. So here's what I have. It says, I never saw Lauren when she was in prison, but once she got out, she really did think she killed Be- Becca. She was having blackouts and remembered what they that they had a fight, and she hit her, but nothing after that. So when the cops said she killed her, she just went along with it. No fucking way I would plead guilty to something I didn't remember doing, but Lauren, she was weak. I got to thinking, what if Lauren didn't kill her? I guess if you knew her the way I did, you'd understand. I made her go over everything she did remember, and one thing kept bugging me. Becca said someone was going to help her. Lauren didn't want to tell me who, so I had to convince her it was the right thing to do. She said it was you. You were supposed to help Becca. And she says, from there, I just had to track you down. Wasn't too hard. I even found your picture in the paper. Called you a couple times, but figured you wouldn't talk to me, so I had the idea to send you the necklace. Lauren wasn't real happy about it, said she wouldn't be involved, that you said you never would have hurt Becca, but it wasn't her decision to make. Um, and then she's like, how'd you get her necklace? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then she says, why did you send them to me if Becca meant so much to you? You wouldn't keep them. Never been arrested, have you? Ever seen a cop show? If cops have evidence and want you to find out if you know anything about it, sometimes they'll have you in a room and bring it in. See what you do. It's a good trick, yeah? And it works most of the time. Besides, I didn't really have a whole lot of other options. Right. So, so with she, her she doesn't into know. Her paranoia. Yeah, at first, I don't think she knows that Heather killed Becca. I think she just thinks Heather has information. And she wants to right. know what she knows. So she's like, let me send her the necklace. And, and see then how when she, she goes literally crazy, 
she implicated herself. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm pretty sure that's how it happened. So then Sarah basically has an altercation with Heather and burns her fucking house down while trying to kill her. And in self-defense, Heather stabs Sarah and kills her. Yeah. Incredible. Sarah has now stabbed two people of the Thomas family. Yes. Yes. Wild. I can't. Um, literally, page 272, the last page of the book, I wrote, literally, what even is this book? How the fuck? And is this the last page? I am fucking done. Right? I am so done. So many things. I have questions and I have overall thoughts. I have questions as well. Okay. My first question is, do you think the Red Lady's real? Um, which you also asked me. I did. And, and I, don't I know haven't come yet. to a decision. So let me, okay, I'm going to talk through it. Yeah, I'm I want to say no, because, what? But, <laughs> <laughs> I cannot dispute the fact that multiple times, I can dispute the, you know, seeing things and feeling things. Your mind plays tricks on you. Mm-hmm. I cannot dispute the fact that a hand literally helped Heather stab her. Yeah. But was that her subconscious, like, thinking that to kind of, like, release the guilt. Like, make it easier on herself. I don't... Is that something that she came up with? My initial thought is no, of course not. Mm -hmm. I think it was a way to help the pain on all sides. But I can't definitively say no, because this is a fictional book and there are no rules. I think I'm on the same page. I think I'm on the same page, because, like, even she talks about how, like, you can explain away shared phenomena, like the West End fainting stuff. Yes, and, exactly. And West Bank fainting. Exactly. And all of that. So she talks about how there is, it is a possibility that, like, that that was just a shared phenomenon. Um, and, of course, it's like Slenderman. I don't believe in Slenderman. Like, right. Those but, girls just deluded themselves into thinking that. Right. And, like, and it was one of those things, even... Even in one of Becca's stories about the Red Lady, she's like, the girls said it so often that they believed it. And that's true. If you tell a lie enough, you will believe it. So it's, maybe it's one of those phenomena, you know? I I would agree. It's real to them. But objectively, is it real? No. I agree. My other question. Yeah. Hit me. If you were a mother, what lengths would you go to to protect your child? What direct question are you asking me here? Are you asking would if you I would do the same cover thing? Up, would, you, would you help your kid cover up a murder? This is difficult for me on many factors. One, because I'm never having children, so I should can't... We, Im- should we talk about why I'm asking this question? Oh, yeah, go for it. So in the epilogue, you find out that Heather's mom really did know, and Heather's mom is the one who buried Becca. Heather's mom knew that Heather was sneaking out of the house to go meet Becca and followed her on the third night when Heather ran out of the house... Um, Mrs. Cole went down into the basement and was like, and found Becca and helped take Becca out and, and buried her in a construction site that Heather's mo- Heather's dad had been working so on. So smart. Yes. Yes. That's why Heather could never find Becca. When she right. She thought that her. maybe she had buried her because she did bury the knife but couldn't remember what happened to the body and that's because her mother was like, I got it, bitch. Mm-hmm. I, I off the bat want to say that I wouldn't cover it up. I think I know the criminal justice system well enough to know that my daughter doing that would be placed in a mental institution for quite a few years and then would be released and I could help her adjust into the adult world. I think I... I, I'm really bad with guilt. If I have an inkling of guilt in me that I've done something even slightly off, like... It freaks me out. So to hide a motherfucking death, I don't think I could handle it. I don't think I could either. I would. But I feel like I would is, want to. I, but I could. I would want to. I would want to protect her, 
And, but, and you know me. I, like, something, if I have a secret, it it's just, like, it eats away yeah. at me. And yeah. it's one of those things that's, like, it gets to the point where you think about it every day. Mm-hmm. And you just have to, you have to tell. You have to tell. And otherwise it's just poison. And it's not, you need it out. You gotta get it out. And so I wonder if, like, me knowing that and having that experience myself and understanding that experience, like, if I would have to help my daughter figure that out, um, you know, and be like, hey, we need to talk about this, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't have been like, hello, 911, my daughter has killed somebody. Right. I don't think I'd immediately <laughs> report it. No, I, yeah, I can confidently say I would think for quite a few days on how to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Right? Oh, fuck yeah. All right. <laughs> my next question, I still have my lyrics up. My next question is, so we talked a little bit about Rachel, who is the family lawyer whom, uh... Heather. Thank you. Heather went to go see on the fake-ass mask of I Want a Divorce, and Rachel was just like, I'm not having it. Mm-hmm. So, which is completely... Opposite. Opposite, right, of Gia, who mm-hmm. embraced her and wanted to reconnect the friendship. What do you think of Rachel's attitude? I think Rachel... That's a hard question because I think I understand Rachel's position. Like Rachel has a very successful life and seems to have built this new life for herself, I guess. Um, And this kind of being dragged up from the past. I don't know. I just, I don't think Rachel wants to go back. I think she's rude, but I don't think, I think it's okay to want to keep that in the past. I agree. I agree with you that uh, she probably does, just doesn't want to go back there again. But I think she owes Heather an explanation as to why. Like, she didn't have a real conversation. And I think they just if you're a talking. decent human being, you have that conversation. Yeah. I was a little disappointed that we didn't get any more from Rachel after that. Me too. But... I kind of like it from a writer's perspective because I expected it and I didn't get it. So she got me there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's more real life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Do you think she and Gia make up? That was my last question. Oh, wait. No, that wasn't my last question. I had a similar question. Okay. Um, I say no. I don't think she and I say her and Gia don't make up, but I think her and Ryan do. I think her and Ryan make up. My last question was, do you, what happens with her and Ryan? I think... I think they make up. Right. She she kind of left it on a hopeful note. They've talked. They kissed on their last meetup. Yeah. And I think especially now because it truly is over. Yeah. Well, and and I think now that it's out in the open, she's going to be much more comfortable saying, you know. I was like, do you think that she'll tell him? Here's, I don't, I think it'll come, I don't think she'll tell him that she killed her. I think she'll tell him that she knows what happened and it was an accident and knowing what happened has eaten away at her for a very long time and she felt this sort of obligation to Becca to not talk about it. If if this happened to you, would you tell Adam? Yes. Like, you know how she just, like, was not talking to Ryan? You would tell Adam? Yes. Because I literally have a note that was like, this is really painful because Ryan is trying to reach out to her. I, I literally wrote, I feel like I'm watching Adam extend an olive branch to me and I'm just being a Aww. bitch to him. Like, and, and Adam and I have no secrets. Like, I, Adam knows everything. Everything. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Um, and, I don't know. I, 
I don't think I could in good conscience say, you know, let's spend the rest of our lives together without telling him some of those, like, really formative, big moments in my life. And, you know, I think Even if they were bad, and even if they make me look bad. I think we're in the minority there. I think so, too. Isn't that terrifying? But does that... What does that say about our conscience? What does that say about our character, you know? It says... Well, I don't want to fucking speak highly, but I think it says our our conscience is fragile and our character is strong. Our conscience is fragile. Yeah, like, it's going to eat away at us. Oh, yes. Okay, that's fair. Like, I can't just put up walls and forget about it. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to not tell Solomon. Yeah. I can barely keep his present a secret from him. I know. <laughs> we gave it to the Christmas presents two weeks early because I couldn't wait. Like, <laughs> I, I cannot keep secrets from no, him. No, I would, I would tell Adam, I'd be like, I did this. I don't think I'd even make it to that point. I think it'd be like, it'd be like two weeks later and I'd call my mom and be like, Mom! Do you think he'd help you cover it up if you went to his house first? Like, if you had stabbed somebody and then you walked into his house covered in dirt and blood? I don't want to implicate him, but yeah. <laughs> if you're married, it doesn't count. Fun fact. Well, we're not married. Yeah, but by this time, eh. I can definitively say you won't be, but, I don't know, by the time, ah, listen. <laughs> oh, man. This does not count as premeditation. I know the law. <laughs> no, I mean, theoretically, in a hypothetical sense, I think if anything were to go wrong like that, I would 100% trust Adam with anything. That's good. You should do that before you get married. Or, I guess, before you say yes to a proposal that way. What, 100% trust someone or show up covered in dirt and blood? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here to test your your, uh, loyalty. Oh my god, let's test it. (laughs) (laughs) No. Absolutely not. No. If you say so. Oh my god. I don't have any other points. I don't think it's... Do you have any other overarching thoughts? You thought... I thought you did. Oh, my overarching thoughts were three lines. One, I fucking love it. Two, the twists and turns. Three... <laughs> oh, three was just me telling you to look at the author pick, but we talked about that in our blood theories. Mm-hmm. My overall thought was that it's one of my favorite books that we've read, and I fucking love it, and we recommend it to everybody. I read this book in two days. Yeah, same. Love it. Doing it. Rocking it. Killing uh, it. Amazing. It's Fuck a quick it. read. Fuck it. <laughs> um, it was a great read. Especially if, like, I will say I would put her in the same category as, like, um, Paula Hawkins, um, Ruth Ware. Yes, yes. Um, those good, the women who know how to write horror from both sides. So good. You know. I want to read more of her stuff. She has so many things that she's written. Does she really? She, I, I did a, um... I did a review on Goodreads. I know, I opened Goodreads today and I was yeah. like, can't read that, can't read that! <laughs> and it recommended, it recommended like 20 of her books. I was amazing. like, yes, bitch, it's on the list. Yes, amazing. So this is the sixth book I have read this month. This month, guys! guys she's fucking Six it. books in a month! I'm so excited about it. Um, And I don't know, they were all very different, to be honest. I read like one sci-fi, two nonfiction, one... No, three nonfiction. Woo. Um, and another mystery, like crime mystery. Speaking of books we've read, should we release our next book? Yes, we should. We should. So, can I? <laughs> Wait. On that note, on the okay. So Jackie just searched for Uber Eats for um burger, burger, and um 
because we really want burgers. We want a burger. And so, um, fun fact, when I was 12, I went to China with a choir, and we had a tour guide, um, I believe her name was Angela, she was the sweetest little woman ever, and she toted around this little yellow panda, um, umbrella, and that was, like, you know how tour guides have, like, flags and stuff? I do know. Hers so was a panda them. umbrella, yeah. and it was yellow, and she, and we were, so it was, um, we were there for the Olympics, we were singing, um, before the Olympics in Beijing, and, um, so our buses, we had five buses, and they were all colored for the Olympic rings, and I was on the black bus, and Angela was the black bus tour, and so she'd walk around, and she'd go, black bus, black bus, and on the last week we were there, we went to TGI Fridays in China, and, um, the only options for food there were, um, fried chicken, okay, or, um, the Friday burger, but she couldn't say burger because of, like, the, uh, like, the Chinese language and the letter R, the hard R, just don't really happen. go along yeah. well. And so she she called it the Friday burger. 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 And it was like this thing with my whole family. We, we used to say, I'd like a burger, please. <laughs> that's how I just <laughs> And that's it. how you spelled it. And that is my story. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, read the book. <laughs> oh, so our next book. <laughs> So, um, next month, we're sticking with a theme here. So, last year, um, for February, we did The Handmaid's Tale, which we considered a dystopian novel. Um, and so, sticking with that theme, this year, we are reading, drumroll, please, <laughs> Hollow Kingdom. I didn't fucking remember. I was like, are you going to say it or am I going to I'm going to say it. Um, it's Hollow Kingdom by Kate Jane Buxton, I think. We should have looked it up before we started. Um, I can double check real quick, because I just added it to my um, Read Between the Vines um, shelf on Goodreads. That's why I was on oh, Goodreads earlier. I should do that. Um, Kira Jane Buxton. I was really close. What did you say? Kate Karen? Jane Buxton. Oh, Kate. You were close. Buxton. So, Kira Jane Buxton. It's about a crow. The main character is a crow. So, in like a post-apocalyptic world. So, we're really excited about that. Buy your copy. Um, we're gonna get reading. We were gonna read this towards the end of 2019, but, um, ended up going with some more classics instead. Um, and that's that, I think. Yeah. So. Guys, this was great. This was one of the best episodes I think we've had in a while. And this is one of the best books I've read in a while. Yes, I agree. I, I haven't read a stinker yet this year. If I had to pick a stinker, it was, <sighs> I even blocked out my brain. Sylvia Plath. The Bell Jar. I know you didn't But like even that. that, I didn't hate reading it. I just wouldn't read it again. So, like, I, I wouldn't yeah. count it a stinker. Yeah. Like, it didn't, like, take me forever. And, like, I was dreading it. Yeah. I meant, like, this month. I haven't read a stinker this month. <laughs> but, I mean, Excuse okay. the fuck out of me. If we, if we had to pick, like, a book that I didn't like from last year. Yeah. Tell me. What you doing? What you rocking? What you going with? The Handmaid's Tale. Really? You remember how much I didn't like that book? I didn't like how I, it ended. I, I didn't... Right. We argued a lot in that episode. I feel like you would have enjoyed it more if you had watched the show. I think I... I did watch the show, but I watched the show afterwards. Maybe... I have to think it's a little bit... I never... Pausing. And I never finished the show. It's one of the best shows It's I've just... Seen. I don't know. I just... I didn't... But you also don't, like, really jive with the dystopian the genre, The dystopian genre is not my shit. Right, like, Lost Roses was a little rough for me. I had to spend a lot of time on and that. And that was one of my favorite historical books. fiction's a hard no for me. And I love historical fiction. Yeah. Historical fiction, realistic fiction. If Kate Morton comes out with a book, you best believe we will be reading it. I'm on it. I like Kate Morton. Um, really? Yeah. 
And she's an exception. Okay, good. Okay. So I like her writing style. Yeah, I like her writing. I so have she all could write books. whatever. She's and got I like, like it. six books, and yeah. I've got I've got all of them on my shelf. Amazing. I don't. Have she's got one. her own little section on my bookshelves. Oh, check out our social media because um, it's we're posting Poppin'. pictures again. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So that's that. That's that. And we're gonna order some burgers now. Yeah. Um, Maybe. Should we rate this wine? Oh, we should. I. I actually, this might be one of my favorite wines that we've had before. <laughs> like, because usually, like, usually the wines we get, I like, but they're never heavy enough for me to stick out. You know what's really funny? Tell me. This really reminds me of Apothic Inferno, which is what we read for the last January book. <sighs> look at the theme. I think that one was a little bit more cinnamony, but other than it that. It was, and it had, like, a little bit more flame right. in it. But the notes, like, the subtle notes are the same. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. The lingering, mm-hmm. the heaviness, mm-hmm. that that kind of like it coats your mouth. I'm a big fan of heavy red, so this was a slam dunk for me. Yes, heck yeah. Mm. All right, so Phantom Red Blend from California, absolutely. Bogle Vineyards. You know, Bogle does like the champagne, the cheap champagne that you buy. They also do this lovely red blend. It's amazing. It's really good. I really. Hi, like Jess. You can go see a picture on our Instagram. Um, eventually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's called Phantom. Highly suggest. So um, they count as medium bodied, but I I would categorize this as full. Or yeah. like a it, it is a heavy. Medium. Actually, I think this was a full bodied. Oh, was it? I think we went with a full bodied instead of a medium. Well, then I concur. which I think is fine because I think this was kind of a classic crime novel. I agree. Even if it wasn't a whodunit. No, it was like a why you knew you who do did it? it. It was more like a. Are you sure you did it? The twists and turns. Were you know, incredible. like <laughs> are you sure you did it? <laughs> what happened here? And who knew about it? <laughs> your mother <laughs> you know it reminds me of that dr seuss book of are you my mother oh my god that was my favorite book growing up my mom would read it to me like twice a night you said who's your mother and all i could think of was the master of disguise who's your daddy i never saw master of disguise what oh my gosh go order some burgers eat some burgers with us and if you don't eat animals then go get a tofu burger or a, a mushroom beyond burger, burger or whatever yeah you want. hang with us um and stay sexy <laughs> And eat some burgers. And eat some burgers. <laughs> we are on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We are not, not on, on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. And be like these and donate to our Patreon. And that I ran out of our list. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>